it's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. How you doing, everybody, and welcome to the show. Monday Night Sports Talk with you until 6 o'clock this evening. Phone line is open, 356-9397. Matt Daniels is in the studio. How you doing, Matthew? Doing well, Steve. How are you? Good. Hanging in there for a Monday. Cubs and Cardinals are playing baseball, the first of uh, five games in three days at Wrigley Field. First game of a doubleheader today, a 4-10 start. They'll also play a second game at 7-10, seven-inning doubleheaders. Cardinals are actually ahead and Stand Shocking. by. Stand by when I say this. <laughs> Dexter Fowler hit a home run. It was it was funny. Scott and I were watching it in the uh, the newsroom, and Kyle Hendricks looked dominant for the first two innings. And I said to Scott, "Well, I think Kyle Hendricks is going to pitch a perfect game today." And uh, then, lo and behold, Dexter Fowler comes out of nowhere, and apparently, playing in Rig- Wrigley might uh, you know generate some good vibes for him. Every time Hendricks is on the mound, I think he's going to pitch a per- perfect, especially against game. the Cardinals. Yeah, he's he's pretty good. Scott Ritchie here as well. How you doing, big fella? Same. Same as I've been for <laughs> five-plus months. You know, we used to kid uh, Lou Henson about pulling out the same quotes each week. We were, we're getting to the point where we could run last week's show, I think. But Bob well, last, last, last week, though, uh, the Big Ten was going to play football. And right. now it's not. And now don't know when it's going to play football or when anybody else might play football although people are still talking about it. But uh, Bob Osmussen is in the studio with us tonight. Bob, good to see you. Good to see you too, Steve. You've got some news. You went to the drive-in movie last night. I huh? did. It's awesome. Happy Gilmore. How could you not go to that? And uh, Growing Ups, which I am not one of those. So it was, it was a lot of fun. Well, let's kick around uh, the decision because it's the first time that the four of us has met since the Big Ten voted or mm-hmm. didn't vote or whatever, <laughs> whatever it is they did. To uh, not play, I, I kind of think maybe they jumped the gun with that decision, but nobody asked me. The, 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 the optics of it don't look particularly well as we sit here on, on August 17th because less than two weeks ago on Wednesday, August 5th, the Big Ten released their revised schedule to much ado and much publicity, and they, they were willing to talk about it and trot it out there for everyone to get excited for the season and then – Obviously, reports started to surface a few days later, and then, uh, you know, last Tuesday they came down with a historic decision to to cancel football this fall. And I think what's perplexing to a lot of people, there's many layers to it, and Bob addresses it more in depth in, in Tuesday's News Gazette with his latest column. But just the fact that Kevin Warren has been pretty silent ever since his interview with Dave Revzine uh, last Tuesday, and... Uh, there's just so much discord and dissension that seems to be going on uh, among the various Big Ten schools that it's just very very confusing, very perplexing, and, and very frustrating for a lot of people. And I understand why they're feeling all those sort of emotions. Everybody's writing letters, so I wrote a letter. 
I wrote a letter to Ken Warren. He'll never read it, probably, but I hope he does. Because I make the point, Matt just said it, and I agree with this. I think the way they were, the problem was not what he did necessarily. We'll know that down the road. We don't know that yet. Uh, if every other conference ends up catching this season, you're going to say the Big Ten was ahead of everybody. But right now, we don't know the answer to that. But what I do know is the way he rolled it out was unfortunate and wrong and bad. And I basically said, here's what you, maybe next time, next pandemic, 100 years from now, maybe do it this way. And I think it's very important that the message is not lost. The bottom line for him has to be the most important thing is my health and safety of my players, coaches, fans, staffs, everybody, media even. And I don't. Th- I think that got lost in the idea of that, oh, we were playing it two days ago, and all of a sudden we're not playing. Okay, that was unfortunate. I think he could have, as Matt said, could have waited maybe. I don't know what the time part was. I'm not sure. There was no game tomorrow. There was no reason to pull the plug then. But you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. We don't know who's telling them what, what the medical people are saying that he has access to. And more importantly, the chancellors and presidents might have said, hey, but we're not playing football. You, must, you can start. You can tell the people a week from now or now, and maybe he just said, okay, let's pull the plug and get it. Get talking about spring going next. And the other thing, and I pointed this out in the column, I think he needed to have a plan for what was, what was going to be next. And Jeff Baum, two days later, or maybe a day later, said, here, do this. It's like, okay, why didn't those two talk? You know, why didn't Jeff Baum say, hey, Commissioner, I got a great plan. Why don't you present this when you close the season down? That would have really eased a lot of the pain there, I think. You mentioned Dave Revson for the Big Ten Network. And he did a great job. He did a great did. job, and he tried to get mm-hmm. Kevin Warren to uh, speak up a little more. Now, Dave Revson's in a tough spot. True. He works for the Big Ten <laughs> Network. Paid by the conference, so to speak. Right. And, but he did try. Mm-hmm. He tried to get uh, some more answers out of that. And, uh, you know, Kevin Warren's getting some bad publicity, but I'm not sure that anybody who was in that position wouldn't be getting that. But he's got a son. You know, he, he he's mm-hmm. saying that. He thinks the Big Ten should play in the spring, yet he has a son who is at Mississippi State. Plays football. And plays football. So is it not safe for other people's kids to play football? And it is for his. Now, I know what he's going to say. My son's a grown man. He can Mm -hmm. make his own decision. I get that. But uh, it's just kind of a mixed message there. Well, that's the thing, too, is the the way that they, the Big Ten, they they were very clumsy in in unveiling this plan is – you August 5th, full bore had the schedules are released. Yes, they did come up with a caveat that said this does not guarantee competition. I think anyone with any common sense could realize that this could get pulled out from under them. But if they're going to do that and do so less than a week later, why do you even release the schedule? Then the fact that Kevin Warren has been silent for almost a week outside of his appearance on BTN, he has not talked to any other media outlet it's real easy to sit in front of a microphone and answer questions when things are going well, when things are tough and people want answers, that's the hard part, but that's also what leadership comes from. And Kevin Warren has been silent and, and that's not something that you want in the midst of a pandemic whenever all anyone wants is answers and transparency. And, and the big 10 has really fumbled that along the way this last week. Or Do so. you think, you know, a lot of athletes now are, are speaking up in one way or another, a lot of parents are doing the same. Mm-hmm. 
Nebraska, Ohio State, Penn State, Iowa, Iowa. Yeah. Have, have written. Do you think that'll do any good at all, Bob? To oh, it's good in terms of it makes them feel better and shows they support their children, which we all know that anyway. I think it's good for them. I think it's good. For the coaches that stood up, Scott Frost and Ryan Day and Jim Harbaugh, they were doing the right thing for themselves and for the programs. I think what they said was, hey, we want to play. Our kids want to play. That's what they have to do. And parents, again, of course you want your sons to have the best opportunity that you can, but you don't want to put their health at risk. Now, they're saying, yeah, and the players are saying, let us decide this. Well, do you really want to leave that to them? Because players, at 20, a 20-year-old 20 thinks he can run through a brick wall, thinks he can survive any situation. But maybe that 50-year-old, 55-year-old commissioner might say, you know, I'm not sure you can. So I'm, I'm going to take that decision out of your hands. We'll make sure you stay safe, safe for next year in your life. And I, th I think really that all the people, that, whatever the reactions are, are fine because they're all natural. They're all what people would do normally. I don't think any of these convoluted. I don't think anything is. I don't know. I think everybody's reacting like they should, frankly. Well, I also think it's concerning, too, that when they unveiled the schedules and then six days later they canceled the season that there was no – there was no – outline of any sort of plan for what to, what's to come over these fall sports in the spring. I'm, people would understand if the Big Ten came out and said, okay, we're postponing fall sports. F college football, we're tentatively set to kick off February, the first weekend of February, whatever. Here's kind of our proposal. Here's our plan moving right. forward. I think people would have been more understanding, but the fact that they didn't, again, I think just goes to show kind of the discord and the lack of communication and whether it's the chancellors and presidents or the Big Ten office or the football coaches, just in, in coming together to form a cohesive plan, there's all sorts of different factions out there right now. And that's not a good look for the conference as they try to navigate these, these uncharted waters that, frankly, we're all having to deal with too. But the fact that they just outright canceled the season with no real thought of, okay, here's our next step, at least publicly, right. that was a misstep by the Big Ten. If you have any thoughts on this, 356-9397 is our phone number. Monday Night Sports Talk, that uh, Cardinals-Cubs game now tied at 1-1 one to one in the fifth. Keep in mind, this is a doubleheader, so it's a seven-inning doubleheader. And uh, the Cardinals won a seven-inning doubleheader over the weekend. Scott Ritchie uh, over the White Sox. And uh, I thought that was kind of interesting, the, the seven-inning doubleheader kind of thing. Kind of changes your uh, strategy a little bit, uh, watching the ball game and, of course, managing it. Yeah, because you have, I mean, less margin for error because you can't say, well, you just, we can, if we hang around, we can get it done in the eighth or ninth. Well, the game's over. <laughs> so, yeah, you have to, I think, you know, scoring early is key in any baseball game, but I think it's maybe even more important you know, when you're playing seven innings. And also, I mean, it limits the trouble managers can get themselves into as they try to overmanage the bullpen. So that could be a good thing. But I found Saturday, I was, you know, I was in the car listening to baseball is better than watching baseball in empty stadiums. It's I, a I've eerie. come to that I've come to that conclusion. So I I'm a radio guy. I'm not a big fan of the piped in audio. I don't really I don't know if I'm a fan of the cardboard cutouts. It just is kind of kind of Did you see uh, to say the least. uh Lawrence McCutcheon? He made a couple of he, he caught a a uh, third out mm -hmm. in the left field, and he, he turned around and looked at the cutouts <laughs> and decided which one to throw it up to. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> he was having a little 
little fun with it. But uh, I agree with you. I've always liked baseball on the mm-hmm. radio better anyway, but uh, I do in this case for sure. Unless you're trying to watch it and listen to the radio, it's sometimes it's not synced up very well. But uh, Yeah, well, and sometimes I'll just I'll watch baseball and do something else. Sure, you That's, can do that. Uh, it's the best multitasking sport, I think, out there. I'm watching more baseball now than ever before because it's on. And, on, and I'm watching the Braves, of course, but I'm watching the Cardinals, I'm watching the Cubs, I'm watching the White Sox, I'm watching Arizona and Dodgers. I'm watching every game because it's on. It's available. Today, my son was at home watching the NBA all day, first round of the playoffs, mm-hmm. which is, all, again, awesome. I've watched more NBA, NBA in the last – Two weeks, then I've watched my whole ten years. So it's and that's great. Yeah, and it kind of had the NCAA tournament kind of feel. It did uh, really. a little bit today with uh, all the all the NBA games going on. And seven of you done. Seven of you done. Yeah, there'll be there'll be more. Uh, you know, in the the rest of the week as well. So that's uh, you know, as your sports fan, it's it's good to actually see sports being played. Five twenty three. If you'd like to join us, three five six nine three nine seven. Monday night sports talk here on DWS. We'll take our first time out and be back with more. Stay with us. 527 Monday Night Sports Talk. This is Steve Kelly along with Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, Scott Ritchie. We're with you until 6 o'clock. 356-9397 is the phone number. If you have any, any thoughts on college football, whether we'll see it or not, when it's all said and done. By the way, I did hear today that University of North Carolina, Matt, had students back last week and now they're sending some, if not all, back home for yeah, online I saw some, learning. Saw some reports that they're already pulling the plug on uh, in-person, uh, in-person learning. So that's just kind of shows you that uh, the virus is rampant throughout this country, and uh, I think that's also leading to a lot of frustration for college football fans who uh, in the Midwest who are wondering why they can't have a football season and yet the SEC, the ACC, and the Big Twelve are proceeding as planned. I can't imagine what it'd be like. Living in Iowa, you know, a neighboring state here in Illinois, and the Iowa Hawkeyes can't play, but the Iowa State Cyclones are going to have a season. Well, and high hate. school football too, right? And high school football as well. Yeah. Indiana, it was weird Friday night. You know, uh, looked on Twitter a few times, and there were some photos and coverage of high school football scrimmages over in Indiana, 90 miles away from Champaign, and not happening this fall in Champaign, although high school sports are kind of gearing back up here locally, uh, a bunch of golf uh, tournaments and, and dual meets going on this week on the high school level, so I have plenty of coverage of that in, in the news. Well, college football in Indiana, you know, Purdue and Indiana not doing anything. Notre, Notre Dame. Dame, yeah. <laughs> Same thing in, in Pennsylvania with Penn State uh, not doing it. And Pitt, Pitt. Is, is playing. So 2020 can end any time it no wants kidding. to, especially. But let's just hope again, then, this goes back to something that's kind of been constant in my mind, too, is, yes, 2020, I think we can all agree on, not a good year. Bad. Yeah, just let's, let's punt it. Let's move on. Let's uh, let's just kick the can down the road and get to 2021. But then again, 2021 is getting here sooner than we think. January 1st is going to be here in about four and a half months. Is it going to be any better New Year's Day 2021 than sure it is right so. now? I mean, yeah, we all hope so. But as we saw with college football, you hope and you wish things will change and then they don't. And then you're kind of left scrambling. And on that uplifting wow. note, Steve, I'll let you segue into whatever you want to talk about next. Yeah, I was just looked up at the uh, 
TV here in the studio, and you, we were talking about Kyle Hendricks throwing a no-hitter. He's not doing that, but he's throwing a one-hitter. <laughs> <laughs> and it's one-to-one in the uh, bottom of the fifth now, the Cardinals and the Cubs, which kind of brings me to uh, Scott Ritchie, and let's talk some basketball, and hopefully we're going to see basketball, but let's talk basketball recruiting. Uh, Brandon West, uh, Wetson, right? Weston. Weston has Illinois in his final group of uh, teams, so that's that's something that uh, we can look at and the recruiting battle there. And he's got some other – he's got Michigan in there as well, doesn't he? Yeah, I think um, the rest of the Big Ten maybe could have reason to be concerned that Juwan Howard's you know, going to establish you know, a bit of a foothold in Chicago. He already has a commitment in the 2021 class from Isaiah Barnes, who's going to finish his high school career at Simeon. Um, makes the top six for Brandon Weston. Um, flirted with trying to get Adam Miller to flip after he committed to Illinois back you know, last November. So that's, I think, you know, Michigan's going to be a player in Chicago for sure. But uh, for now, Illinois is still involved and still in the kind running of an for, unusual, for Brandon Weston. A little bit of a diverse list. Illinois, Michigan, those make sense. Sure. Seton Hall's on there. And he's originally from New York, so that okay. kind of makes okay. some sense. Wake Forest, East Coast, okay. Pitt, East Coast, and Western Illinois. Yeah, well, I mean, that one Nick is, Irvin. Yes. is all Nick Irvin driven. And shrewd move by Rob Jeter to hire the former, yes. now former Morgan Park coach as an assistant. He's going to have an all-CPS team in Macomb. Uh, sort of. I mean, since Western hired Nick Irvin, they managed to... Sort of flip Marcus Watson from Wake Forest to Western. Um, obviously, you know Danny Manning got fired, so there was a coaching change at Wake to affect that. But then they also landed uh, Ramion Hinton out of Curie. Uh, then got transfers from uh, Cameron Burrell, who used to play at Morgan Park, and then went to Eastern and then at junior college. And then also Tamel Pearson, who played at Morgan Park, and then transferred from UAB. And then... Not really to Chicago, but they also got a, a transfer from uh, Colton Sandage. You know, from he went to Vincennes to JUCO, but a really good player from Bloomington. So Western might not get Brandon Weston or a Brandon Weston caliber player, but if they can take that next tier out of Chicago, like they could win like the Summit League pretty regularly. Right. Well, that'd be I mean a huge shock too if Brandon Weston were to pick Western Illinois. Let's put that out there. It just kind of like reminds me of when Adam Miller. Uh, listed his finalists uh, or schools he was considering. Chicago State was in the mix uh, at times, I think, in his final But five getting your six. name in that conversation. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Here we are talking about Western Illinois. Right. And, I mean, won't be the only ones as people kind of break down, you know, Brandon Weston's commitment or his recruitment. Well, the big question is, will there be college basketball? How will it look? Can they can they do it in a bubble kind of situation? I heard a promo for your podcast, and your one word for college football was bubble. Yeah, bubble's plural because I think yeah. it's going to take right. multiple I, ones to, to make it happen. But kind of the, the idea I've seen floated maybe most recently is you know, college basketball targeting that window post-Thanksgiving through maybe whatever, mid-January as a time to get some games in, maybe some non-conference mm-hmm. games even, just because – a lot of universities have revamped their academic schedule to end at Thanksgiving, so there's not a lot. There's less coming and going, you know, from campus at that point. So it's a perfect time for a bubble, in my estimation, and uh, then they can kind of figure out the the maybe a Big Ten bubble or multiple bubbles from there. Okay, you're the acting commissioner of this project. 
of coming up with bubble locations. This is what Scott's going to write about in Sunday's it, paper. Is so it? Okay, is, well. This is good practice right now, We'll Scott. tease it a little yeah. bit and maybe give him some ideas as well. But what what have you kicked around in your mind about locations for such a thing? Obviously champagne. Well, yeah, I mean, anything that's more convenient for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I think even if, if they manage to work out some kind of non-conference schedule at all, because, I mean, if you look I mean, the Pac-12, they've postponed all sports through January 1st. So that yeah. they're kind of out of this Yeah, this talking picture. about jumping the gun. But yeah. I think it has to be regional. Uh, I don't think you're going to see a basketball team travel across the country to play. Right. I mean, maybe at all during the season. So, I mean, most conferences are fairly regional. I mean, the bigger conferences stretch that. Big Ten obviously does. The ACC certainly does, going from Syracuse to Miami. But I think you can maybe even break them down into more regional bubbles and then... So you're talking about maybe putting a couple of Big Ten teams in, let's just say, Indianapolis or wherever, Mm -hmm. and then bringing in some non-conference opposition to play those teams? Yeah. Not with the Big Ten teams playing each other then, but but playing non-conference folks. Yeah, you could bring in maybe Illinois State or some Valley teams or, yeah, the, the... the Midwestern contention of the Big East, because, mm-hmm. I mean, Creighton's in that, and you know, DePaul, and uh, you mentioned Butler. So th- I think there's some options there. And uh, the biggest thing that sort of makes me think that there's hope for a college basketball season is there's actual leadership when it comes to college basketball. <laughs> um, Dan Gavitt's the executive I vice president about that. For, for the NCAA. He's in charge of basketball, and the, the Gavitt name goes a long way you know, in college you could in kind basketball of, in general. I guess you could kind of treat that like the, uh, the, mid, uh, the whatever they call that deal where Purdue plays Butler and Indiana plays the Crossroads, Dame, Crossroads Classic, Classic mm-hmm. or something. Uh, you know, maybe do it that way where you have double headers or, yeah, or maybe I'd, even more than maybe triple headers or. But you know, Dan Gavitt, you know, said today there's been some reports that like they're going to have a plan for college basketball, and you're going to know it by the middle of September. They, so. they, he said today that's going to be kind of the first of many decisions they make, and and the decision they hope in mid September is going to be whether they're going to start the season on time, which it looks to be right now is November 10th, or they're going to delay it because of the pandemic. And as we're sitting here talking, just an idea popped in my head, and you're just looking at the Big Ten, and this only relates to the Big Ten, but. You play a 20-game schedule. They've done that the last two seasons. You play – so you have a regular 20-game Big Ten schedule. To me, there's enough – and I'd have to go more in-depth on this and just kind of off the top of my head – but there's enough in-state opponents in each of the states in the Big Ten, even Nebraska, I think, where you could schedule, say, four or five non-conference games that play them all against teams in your state. So for Illinois, for instance, that'd be a quick trip – either Illinois State comes to Champaign or UIC. Illinois goes to UIC, Eastern, sure. Bradley, uh, Loyola. Western. Like Western's one. Yeah. You know, you could run a Carbondale if you want to as well. So I think every state could have that potential where you have those non-conference games are just teams in your state. And then what you do in the Big Ten is you create, you know, two, three, or four different type of pods and just bring – I don't know how you'd work it out though. Say Illinois Rutgers. Maybe you play a, maybe you play a fourteen game Pick Ten schedule, or you play, you split it up geographically, and you play each team twice. Who's kind of in your, who's closer to you, or they bring them all into the pot. I, 
those are decisions that the Big Ten and the NCAA is going to have to make. But I definitely think by seeing what the NBA has done, what the NHL has done, even what MLS did in terms of creating a bubble, that that's the best way, I think, for college basketball to proceed. And if that doesn't happen, I don't know what you do to – I don't know – why that wouldn't happen when you've seen all these other examples of it working clearly and then making it making it a reality. And people I mean the argument's gonna be, well, aren't they student athletes? Well, it seems like a lot of instruction is going to be online only and that means you can do it literally mm-hmm. from anywhere, yeah. including the bubble. And right. I mean for the NCAA tournament, if you make a run, you're off campus for three weeks and you're doing study tables at the hotel conference center and then you know thinking back to just last season with illinois they had almost a month of their season where students are home on winter break but they're still having a season and go from there and the reality probably will be these games will be without fans Mm -hmm. after all it is an Mm -hmm. indoor sport yeah Yeah. um hopefully tv will be involved (laughs) especially with the team that illinois is likely to have but it's it's something to think about but it looks also also kind of looks like the the Maui kind of tournaments mm-hmm. or the tournament, uh, the Emerald Coast Classic that Illinois is scheduled to play in probably won't happen. Yeah, well, I mean, Oregon's in that, and right. they're not going to be playing in November, right. so I think they'll Yeah, but they could replace them. Yeah, but, but then, I mean, yeah. are you going to send Iowa State and Illinois to Florida? I mean, Florida's going right. to be there, right. so it's not you know, as much travel for them, and but I, I don't see that happening. If I'm Illinois... There's going to be a basketball season. Okay, I'm going to make that season. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to talk to all my friends, and it's going to happen. I think Matt has a really good idea. Some of the states won't work quite as well because you mentioned Nebraska. They, there's three Division One schools Creighton, there. Omaha, Creighton, Omaha, and, and Nebraska. Play so Kearney, Kearney State well, or something, maybe? Yeah, it's Division Two. Chadron the, the, State. Chadron State is a little far away in Division Two, But they could go across to Iowa and play several of the sure. teams there. So you, I definitely the concept is right. Original. So mm-hmm. main thing is the original state, if uh, possible, how, how, how many schools there are there and how, how, how. Tons. 20, right? 20 mm-hmm. Division one schools. So there's options for everybody. Uh, I think that's right, though. The best, the most convenient and also the least travel. Now, the question I'll ask you, this has nothing to do with the fans or anybody else. Do we get, do we get to go? We as in media? Sure. I'd say why not? They've they've let media into the the bubbles oh, in the NBA yeah. and the NHL. And you can't leave the. That's you're okay, in. Scott. Yeah. Just pack a lot. <laughs> That's what okay. Taylor Rooks told Lauren and I Saturday. Mm-hmm. She's been in the NBA bubble, and I think Lauren asked her, "What happened? can you go out?" She goes, "No, you you go out, but you don't get back in." <laughs> 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 so she's anxious for it to be over and and to get home wherever she's living now. But uh, if you step out of that, you're out. Yeah. Well, I mean, if the news Gazette's going to cut the check for me to be in a bubble for an indeterminate number of time to cover basketball, I'm in. Talk to uh, talk to Rosso. Well, I think too, just with the, the all the the potential for this Illinois basketball season, if you're Brad Underwood, and again, uh, he's one coach I would never want to make mad just because he can get kind of downright scary at times but he's a nice guy off the court and, and i get that's part of his coaching demeanor and everything you just said that because you had to no he is he's been ple- he's been perfectly pleasant to, right. to deal with in, in his you know three plus years here again i wouldn't want to mess up on ball screen rotation and defensive assignments or anything but i think he's gonna say okay we've got the chance to have a historic season here in in champagne for this illinois men's basketball team 
we have to exhaust every single option that is out right. there in order for the season to happen. Yeah, well, and basketball coaches are also, in my opinion, much more likely to work together to get this done because oh, college football coaches um, are not quite as friendly with each other. Uh, well, and another yeah. factor, too, is you know the NCAA tournament is the cash cow for the NCAA, and we all saw the effects of what happened last year with no NCAA tournament. I can't imagine that organization wanting to go through another March or April or May or whenever the NCAA tournament may take place without that prestigious money-making event happening for that organization. Well, and it's also, I mean, it's the NCAA tournament. They're in charge. Like, exactly. They're not in charge of the college football playoff, which is why college football is the way it is right hot now. Mess right now. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, and the, I've read several stories about the, the cooperation between the NCAA and you know, the National Coaches Association. Like, they're working together to make this happen. No one worked together in college football, and that's why we've reached the point where Big Ten and Pac-12 are not playing. The SEC, ACC, Big 12 are planning to. Uh, I won't say that they're going to actually make it happen, but, you know, that's at least their goal. It is 543, Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS. 356-9397 is the number if you'd like to join us. Anything that might be on your mind. We'll take a break and be back with more in just a moment. 547, Monday Night Sports Talk here on News Talk 1400, WBWS, Champaign-Urbana, Matt Daniels, the sports editor of the News Gazette here, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen. We've talked football, we've talked some basketball, baseball, Cardinals and the Cubs going on now. Bottom of six, one-to-one in the first of a seven-inning doubleheader. You like those seven-inning doubleheaders, Bob? If my team wins, yes. <laughs> they lose, I hate them. If they split, it's fine. But yeah, I think it's a great way to go. And I think, I think we might seem. I don't know what changes from baseball will carry over to beyond this year. I'm not sure. I, I go back and forth on the extra name. I don't like that at all. Okay, that's well. just me. But I, I don't mind the seven inning double headers. The, the putting the runner in second base in the tenth inning. I think. Maybe you have a couple innings, you know, tenth, eleventh, twelfth, and then maybe at some point. But maybe, yeah, that that might make more sense. It just, it just, it feels kind of like a cheap diminutive. It feels like in the NFL where if you won the coin flip and you go kick a field goal, right, the other team gets doesn't get the ball. That they makes win the sense. Game. Yeah. Sorry, Bob, to no, steal your thoughts. Yeah, but game. in this case, the, the the team that comes up in the bottom of the inning gets the same yeah, chance. True. It doesn't always happen in football. Yeah. Or it didn't at, at that point, but I've not. I haven't watched as much baseball as you, Bob, because when the Cardinals weren't playing, I wasn't watching. Okay. So I have not really seen a game uh, where that rule – I've read about it. Yeah. And seen highlights mm-hmm. of, of that. So I don't know if I like it or not. It I've, really depends. My team actually got a break. Well, they didn't get a break. They had the bottom of the order up. Mm-hmm. So it kind of depends where you are in the order. Yeah, exactly. If you got the top of the order up, you got a great chance. If you got the bottom, you're kind of out of luck. So yeah. it, it really is kind of a dependent – but it, like Steve said, both teams get a chance, so that makes it okay to me. Yeah. It's fair. And with the relief pitchers having to pitch the three batters, I haven't really seen. I haven't seen too many effects on, on that at all. And, right. Um, the seven-inning doubleheaders, I think, this year, given the oh, yeah. unique set of circumstances that are ongoing, I think is fine. I think it would be weird next year. Let's hopefully by next March that Major League Baseball is back to – uh, what should be hopefully 162 game season if they do have double headers and it's seven innings that would be a little, little odd. But I, I think for the circumstances we're all under right now, I I can totally see it too because they're trying to get it. They're trying to cram so many games in such a right. short amount of time, and 
especially in the Cardinals instance where they have what 11 double headers coming up their pitching staff is, <laughs> that's just incredible we're saying 11 double headers coming up how about uh, the Cardinal rookie that <laughs> was tossed into the ball game uh, yesterday and say here you go make your major league debut yeah. <laughs> his name was Ramirez and gave up four home runs yeah he made sense. made major league history not the way he probably wanted right. to but uh, poor guy I felt sorry for him there but, I mean you got somebody else you could throw in there. Just don't make him go through. After they hit the first two, wouldn't you bring somebody else in? It's the the rookie hazing in the <laughs> pandemic. I guess. We, we are all nationally, all four of us are National League fans. I traditionally don't like the I don't like the DH, but I'm afraid it's going to be permanent. Oh, I think it's going I'm to be Make sure it permanent. I, I think it's <laughs> – okay, I'm against it. I, I like I – like Picture, I, okay. I like double switches, but yeah, I, me too. I, I, I you can still what? do a double no, switch of some sort. Why don't we make the, the pitcher? Why don't we put a designator fielder for the pitcher too while we're at it? That's what sure. to me. That's what no, I'm saying. I'm joking. That's why I, my flaw with the DH was the pitcher has to field correct. Yes, so let him bat too. But that's me. Let's go to the phones to a gentleman who says his name is Rob. Hey, Rob, you're on the air with us. Hey, Steve, how you doing tonight? I'm just calling in regards to the Big Ten canceling their season, and I want to ask you guys a question. But first of all, I'm going to say I think they made the right choice in canceling the season. I don't think they went about it in the right way, but I think the decision ultimately is going to prove to be right. And because if you're going to cancel things on one or two positive tests, you might as well not even start it. So I agree with that, but I don't agree with the way they went about it. The question is, is what changed in the world of corona between the announcement of the schedule and the cancellation of the season. What changed in there that would – I can't think of one thing that was any different in that week-and-a-half period. And then one other thing I will say is I give Dave Repson credit. I don't know if you've seen the interview he did with Warren yep. in regards to – especially when I – and he'll probably end up losing his job ultimately maybe because of the way he pushed the issue about his son playing down at Mississippi State – and he never did give him an answer. He never answered him. He totally beat around the bush on the question, which I thought was a great question, which he never did. And that's the other thing is with the administration, I'm so tired of general managers, athletic directors, just just thinking that the people they're talking to are morons. And the worst one is John Mazalock with the Cardinals. I can't stand listening to him. He talks to everyone like they're about five years old and dumb as a box of rocks. But anyway, that's all I have to say. That's and I don't know if you got – yeah, that's all, but I don't know if you agree or disagree with what I said, but I that I just wanted to give you my penny for your thoughts. Good stuff. We appreciate Good stuff, that. Rob. Thanks. Thanks, Rob. Oh, okay, Rob, thank you. Rob, it is, is it? Rob, yeah, it's Rob. It's, we'll yeah, you, Rob. Rob. <laughs> right, thank like, you. You Bye-bye. sound like Rob. Okay, well, <laughs> I know I do. Yeah, okay, you. have a good one, Rob. Uh, we'll, we'll kick that around. Rob's Rob's got a, had some good points. Uh, part about Dave Revson is correct. Dave Revson had a tough job. He tried to do it. He won't get fired because they. He's the face of that station. He's been with BTN since, since the inception. First day. Yeah, but, that my big, the bigger question there is: Is the Big Ten Network going to survive? Well, but that's we'll another, that. another conversation. The, uh, more to the point, I think Kevin Warren knows more. I wrote this for them all. He has to know more than what they've said. Now, why they haven't said it, I don't know the answer. To that could be a privacy thing, could be a HIPAA thing. I don't know. But he has has to have more information that he shared. So I think that's what we don't know. He should have said it. Of course he should have said it. He didn't do it. He did wrong. They're going to eventually say, wow, we messed up. They'll realize it. But I think he had more information, so I think that's why he did what he had to do. Well, I mean, here's the thing. The the Pac-12 made the exact same decision that the Big Ten made on the same day. Correct. And then released uh, 
boat giant documentation right yep. detailing that's why they made the decision right. and then no one has talked about it since of course and mostly because the dissension in the ranks in the Big Ten and the fact that no one's really detailing why they made the decision has put, kept them in the headlines but like they could have done what the Pac-12 did they could have just as Should've, easily and actually, they didn't yeah I, I hope we don't get a, to a deal where long term we have villains or heroes in this whole thing. Nobody's a hero. I mean, this whole thing stinks, right? So you got to just, I think we have to, down the road, push this side. Forget what happened these two or three weeks. Just say, hey, let's move on. Let's get back to a healthy point and go on from there. I don't want to, I'm not going to hold a grudge against Kevin Warren. I can say the coaches got mad against the players, or whatever. I think that we got to move on. As soon as we can. You take a break at 5.55. We'll do that. I'll be back with some final words for you after this. About a minute before 6, Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS. Matthew Daniels, what uh, what are you working on with the guys for this week's editions of the News Gazette? Well, uh, planning these days in sports doesn't go so well sometimes, as we saw last week. But uh, Scott's going to write about bubbles in college basketball and not the ones that you know young kids play with but actual bubbles uh bob is gonna do whatever he comes up with every day tomorrow open letter to kevin warren plenty of high school coverage as well and we'll just continue to roll with the punches and adapt as uh, sports continues to move on bob is smiling about the open letter have you got it uh, written it's, it's done it's, done. it's on it? the page it's, it's ready I, to go I, matt's a that's a really tough one he is yeah i, I, I cracked it cracked as well he should hard. be yeah Guys, appreciate it. Always good to visit with you. Thanks, Steve. Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS. Thanks to uh, Ed Bond for his help as well. And we'll talk to you again. That uh, Cardinals-Cubs game still tied 1-1 to in the seventh. Cardinals with a couple of guys on base. Matt Carpenter coming to the plate. The first game of uh, two scheduled for tonight at Wrigley Field. Thanks for listening. WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Have a good night, everybody.